0: this introducing the original Blood Clad Podcast, not So Soden Semantic. Special dedication, all the way from New York. Boom! Yeah, man, SWOT Semantic. Yeah, man, boom! Soden Semantic. Yeah, man, big ups to the man. Soothing Semantic.
1: Welcome to the Soothing Semantics podcast with your host, Rafi Pinsky. We have a special guest from a long, long way. Um, What do they say in Shrek? A land far, far away. So as is my lord Farquad, And uh, we're having him on today. What's going on, bro? It's been a long time.
0: Yeah, it has been a minute. Um, doing well. I'm surviving this whole uh, quarantine lockdown. With my wife, Kayla, and um, yeah, it's, I mean, you are, you're from a land far, far away.
1: Yeah, I guess I am, right? Um, yeah, so aside from the, the COVID-19 conversation, which I'm, which is obviously going to come up because everyone's talking about it, uh, I met Ez, going on four years now, over four years, we drafted to the Israeli military. Uh, We met there, we became close friends several months into our service because we kind of switched companies, I guess you can say, right, if we were to translate it?
0: Uh, Classes, companies, yeah.
1: Classes, companies, right. So we ended up becoming very, very close. Um, There were obviously pretty shitty times during our experience, but overall I think it was a a very worthwhile experience. I got to meet you, you crazy nut. Yeah, you're also pretty crazy though. Yeah, I'm a pretty crazy guy. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that, though. I like that. Life's short, man. Um. So basically, Ez now, after... So Ez decided to... He's initially from Philly. You're from Philly, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. From Philly. And so Ez grew up in Philly, and then after the military, he decided to do it, to make what's called Aliyah, and Aliyah in Hebrew means going up, and it's kind of a spiritual term to explain where Jews decide to move from a country outside of Israel when they move to Israel they're 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 going up so to speak and they're making this this upward spiritual journey so As uh, decided to do that and he recently got married. So congratulations, dude. Thank you. Thanks <laughs> And him and his wife his wife is also initially American and they have both uh, settled in the holy land and As is now on a journey in a sense similar to what I'm doing. He's making video content so I definitely want to show you guys a clip from uh, a little video he did. I, I, I thought it was hilarious. Um, I'm really looking forward to more of them. And um, so what? tell us a little bit more about your, your content journey.
0: Okay, so my content journey basically started, um, I would say, about two years ago. After I finished the Army, I went to Hebrew University for a year. I met, I met Kayla there, my wife. And I, then after that, I took a year off from, from school. I was going to go to school. I ended up taking a year off and just to like figure out what I wanted to do. I had no clue what I wanted to do with my life. And I went straight to, to college right after the army. And that was a horrible decision. So um, I ended up uh, going, getting my certification in personal training, actually um, because I was really into fitness. i still, I'm very much into fitness and I still do work as a personal trainer. Um, and as I was working as a personal trainer, I started to promote myself a lot online and I had to start, uh, making videos, which was very interesting for me because I always thought of myself as somebody who was artistic, but I never thought of video as an art. Like I loved the movies growing up, but I never thought of, making videos as a form of uh, artistic expression but that wasn't even what i was thinking about when i was making the videos for the personal training so basically um i was prone to myself on facebook i was building up a following and i was really enjoying that and uh and i was also personal training as well like i was training clients but then i fa- i kind of like felt that the the training was like a disruption of the video making like i enjoyed the video making more than actual training So like the, the hunt and the buildup of, of like client base was even more exciting than the actual working with the clients, um, which was kind of interesting. And it, it took me a little bit of time to recognize that. And then I think about like about a half year before I got married, I started thinking a lot more about what I wanted to do and the personal training became very stale and I'm, it's still, I'm still doing it, but it's still very stale. And, um, so I decided to buy a camera and I was like, I'm gonna go for it. I, I bought like a, a camera secondhand and I invested money into this. And now I have started a YouTube channel and I'm trying to put out content that I find expresses me the best. I'm still trying to feel it out. Like I'm putting out different kinds of videos that don't necessarily have what to do with each other. So it's a little inconsistent, but at the same time, it's my thoughts that I'm just trying to figure out how to pinpoint what I wanna make uh, a YouTube channel about basically, and I eventually would like to turn this into some sort of productive some sort of production company where I would produce videos and and uh, logo designs because I' am very much into graphic design as well and um, and yeah, so right now i 'm kind of if it wasn 't for this whole coronavirus lockdown i would be uh <laughs> yeah i 'd be getting clients right now, hopefully.
1: Well, this is, this is an opportunity to this is an opportunity to really find your creative self because in a sense the lockdown can put you into a situation where you either decide to be lazy or you decide to use it to now that you have less distraction in a sense where you can't do certain things you need to do, whether it's schoolwork or, or your everyday job, you're now in a sense forced to just be home. So I think many people are like, okay, well, I have nothing better to do. I'll just laze around and I'll wait until things get back, you know, get back to normal. And I think for a minority of people, they're saying, okay, well, this is an opportunity for me to decide Do if I want to go back to my job if I can. Do I want to do something completely different? Do I have a side hustle I didn't get around to? Should I start exercising at home? Which I haven't been doing, unfortunately. <laughs> I got to get back on that. But... This is an opportunity to really take your mind on an adventure, so to speak. And it seems like you're doing that and you're taking advantage of that. You know, based on the video you just put out with Kayla, you're taking advantage of your time. And I obviously hope that you become very successful in what you're doing because you're passionate about it. And I think you you naturally have this skill for it. I don't think it's something that, obviously it's going to take work the same way it'll take work for me, but I think... You have a, a natural skill for it. It comes naturally to you, especially the co- the comedy. So as far as like the niche goes, I was also thinking about doing the podcast to talk about one having the podcast about one specific topic. But I realized I, f- I have certain I guess you can call them skills or or character traits where I don't want to stick to one specific topic. Because if the topic is too serious, I'll want to throw some more comedy. If the if the topic is very comedic, I'll, I might want to be serious, and that's fine. I can do that sticking to one niche, but I'm also, I'm 26. I don't feel I have enough knowledge on a particular subject to only talk about that subject. That's the reality of it. There are a lot of people a lot older than me that may respect what I have to say, but I don't feel that confident discussing one particular subject. So I have a lot to say, I have a lot to learn, and I like to have all different kinds of guests who have different information, different things that interest them, different hobbies, different professions, and I can build off of all these different things and hopefully really have a wider range of conversation, and that's just my preference. So as far as you're going, I don't think you necessarily should stick to one particular thing. I think you may end up finding a few subjects that interest you more than others, but I would just let it flow, you know, and, and not think too much about what you're going to do. I think over time you'll gain the confidence to record your videos. You'll gain the confidence to to be funny. I mean, I think you're already very confident in that matter. Um, but the more you do it, the more you focus on it, the more the more content you put out, the more the more ideas will come because you'll start to see yourself as I'm um, as the video editor. I'm um, as the the content creator. And once you start to title yourself as that person, it'll become more of a of a consistent thing, you know. And I'm seeing that for myself. You know, I'm not preaching, dude. You know, I'm also new to this as well. So that's just that's just my feeling of of it. So so many people just don't they don't they don't allow themselves to to be that person to be in that space. The same way you know we both went to the military, so we were soldiers at that point. We started that journey. Over time, we were given that title where you can say you were a self-proclaimed soldier whatever you want to call it we did that we you know we went and did that we are then therefore soldiers the same way you're starting to to create content or make videos you are therefore a content creator video editor video maker you know so I think a really important thing is, is simply starting and then seeing where it goes and then cons- being consistent you know it's all redundant I don't think anyone I don't think anyone's like, wow, that's profound. <laughs> but you know what I mean. But it's it's kind of the thing that people hear all the time, but don't necessarily. Uh, these things don't come to fruition because they so they just sit on their couch, especially during the virus. And they're like, oh, do do do, it will just it'll just happen someday. It'll happen someday. You know.
0: Yeah, and, and on that point, there's always I've always had this like mindset. Because um, everyone says that you're right. Everyone's like, yeah, it'll just happen. It'll just happen. And I'm listening to like a lot of. I listen to a lot of podcasts also, and they talk a lot about um, like waiting for opportunities to happen. Where they're like, I'm oh, putting out content. I'm not getting anything back. Nobody's like hiring me to make videos or to make designs for them. And I, I don't know. Like I made a video like a month and a half ago about myself going around the local market in Jerusalem, and just asking people like hey can I make you a free video hey can I make you a free video and it wasn't like they wouldn't have known who I was before that and I didn't have those opportunities I wouldn't have had those opportunities if I, if I didn't push myself to go out there so like I made an opportunity happen versus waiting for it to come which I feel like is very interesting also that you're talking about this because instead of you know, like you invited me onto the podcast and you're, you, you, you initiated this. So like, you're not waiting for me to be, Hey, can I come on? You initiated it to me. And that's also something that I see in you. Like you're also pushing yourself and, and forcing an opportunity to happen because again, it's a snowball effect. You, you, one opportunity leads to another, leads to another, but somebody has to start that first one.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more and it gives, it gives me a lot to, to explain as far as the opportunities kind of compounding because when you don't have a name, when you, you know, I'm not a famous guy, you're not a famous guy, we may, we may put out an episode or a video that gets tons of views or tons of followers, people might just love the content you put out, you know, when I'm, I'm talking about one specific video or it may take you three years before people to start to notice you but if you aren't consistent and you don't have that belief in yourself. It isn't going to go anywhere. So you initially, if you aren't already an actor or a famous doctor, whatever the case may be, you're just an an, an average Joe, so to speak. You're going to initially have to really get yourself out there. And once you get yourself out there and, and and remain consistent, you do so in the hope that someone will notice you that does have something of value to bring where you can collaborate and then platform or, or catapult yourself into a world of opportunity where other people will start to notice you. And before you know it, you no longer have to put as much emphasis on on. kind of going on the offense where you can kind of sit back more. And it doesn't mean you won't have to put in work, but you can kind of relax more and people will start to notice what you have to offer. And you can therefore kind of just, you're in a sense trading your, your, your experience, your knowledge, your expertise. And that's where, a lot of the time, people don't even realize. They kind of go, oh, well, he just got lucky. It's like, no, you just didn't realize all the things that the person did in the beginning where they had to kind of push themselves. And then now, after they're, they've been recognized, they now have a following or they now have that those connections. you know. And, and that all really comes down to A, starting and B, continuing. You
0: know? 100%. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, But that brings me back to the idea of consistency and, and choosing a niche, though, when it comes to content creating. Because let's say okay so the last video i made you you said you enjoyed it a lot of people have i have really i got some great feedback by it and i'm really proud of it
1: i loved it by the way i just want to say that it was awesome i i I'm, i plan on i do want to uh, i mean i don't know how you want to connect it do you want to do you want to do a link should i just announce it's funny that we're doing this that we could have discussed this really <laughs> yeah, <early. I> <laughs> who cares man it's natural how do, i mean I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you a little rundown. Ez made a hilarious video with his wife where he was kind of doing a a parody of uh, an athlete specifically. You mentioned one athlete, but there have been a couple of athletes that kind of did like triathlons or marathons in their apartment where they, they ran back and forth in their apartment a bunch of times. And Ez wasn't making fun of them in any way. He completely respects what they're doing, but he decided to make like this funny parody of that. So he made believe he was like a triathlete, and his wife was helping him train for it. And he—I don't want to ruin it for you guys, but i I think it was very, very creative. Like I, I loved it, dude, especially the video editing. Like it's, it was awesome, dude. I'm really thank you. Yeah. So how how what would be what? How do you want me to kind of um, share this with the with the peoples?
0: Uh, We can put in the description below. Um, Mm -hmm. If you want to put, you could do like the whole link on the top of the video. They also I can
1: also put in a little clip if you want.
0: Yeah, we could. Yeah, I could put in a. I could put in a clip Definitely for sure. Put
1: in a little, like a little old teaser. For
0: sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so. We could do that for sure. Uh, um, but basically, so back to that video. I had some great, great responses. Everyone gave me great feedback. I was hearing about it from like people in Israel were like, "Yo, my cousin sent this to me from New York," and I'm like, "Yo, that's amazing!" Like, how did it get that far? I mean, I posted it every every Facebook group I know in America, everywhere. Um, so it got very far and that was a lot of fun also trying to distribute it i was like calling up new stations but none of them got back to me um and like that did really well i got over i got like two and a half thousand views in a few days which is like for me that's viral because my other videos were getting a couple hundred over a month you know that was like nothing um so that was a lot of fun for me and it really got me thinking like what kind of videos that got a really good response but it was fun and I everyone was like thanks so much for the laugh it was great but that doesn't like I don't know I don't feel like I don't know I don't feel satisfied
1: because you didn't get enough yet because you didn't get enough
0: enough yet. yet I didn't get enough yet but also like I have so much more in my head going on like I'm more often writing like deep thoughts in a script than writing like a funny video but like I can write funny lines in a deep video you know so like like, I don't know, I've been leaning more towards, like, the habit change kind of thing or even, like, beginner filmmaking kind of thing or mixing those two because a lot of times those go together um, and, and, and comedy videos also. But, like, the thing is, like, what I, what I was trying to get at before is when you make videos like that, they're most of the time for, like, the views. You want to get traffic to your, to your channel, you make those kind of videos. Like, to go viral, to get people to notice you. But to keep like subscribers and and to build your subscriber base and to keep them happy with whatever you're putting out, like you gotta put something specific because I'm not gonna subscribe to somebody who put who puts out videos about cooking, but they put out one funny video that went viral and I enjoyed it, but I'm not gonna subscribe to the rest of their videos so i don't know I find that very it's like a it's like a you're at like a crossroad you don't really know what to do that's mm. why, that's how I see it
1: well I think. If I can interject from what I've noticed about the people who do very well, there are a lot of factors. One of the factors is being natural when it doesn't look forced and people see you genuinely enjoy it. It's a lot more appealing to people because they don't think you're necessarily in it for any, any sort of ulterior motive, but you genuinely do it. It's something that you are passionate about. You enjoy it. It's something you uh, that, that brings your personality out into the open, so to speak. And people can sense that. Their intuition tells them, okay, well, this guy Ezra really loves what he does. They'll be a lot more uh, inclined to go and watch those 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 videos. But also it's, you, you know, quantity is a thing. Quality's vital, but quantity is a thing. If you only have like three videos, they're going to be like, okay, well, where are the others? So if you have a lot of content, even if people don't like all of the videos you post, I'm sure they're going to like a bunch. And the more you do it, and the more you realize which videos have more views, you can then kind of dissect them and say, okay, well, these videos are getting a lot more views. The style of the video seems appealing to people. I'm going to try to not necessarily copy the video, but do things that are similar to the way I made that video, and you start to become better and better and better and better. And like I said, it's so much easier said than done, dude, because it's not like I'm doing it and I'm preaching. I'm some big content video maker. But I just from my Perception of what these people do—that's kind of what brings them value. So, from for for what I th- I think you you can take this very far. It's just a matter of making a lot of content, and I think also with the serious videos, with the intense videos, if you're doing a, an intense video or a dramatic video, maybe just throw the comedy in there so people can see that you you want to share a serious and important message. But if you can throw some comedy in there, they will be, you know, people have a short, short attention spans and they, if you can kind of make them laugh, they'll be like, oh, wow, that's really funny. But he, he makes a good point.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I've been think I've been like trying to figure that out. Like I've been writing scripts all day and like one of the scripts I wrote is it starts off with a skit in the beginning and then it goes into like the habit or the like mindset I want to kind of promote so but the sketch in the beginning the skit in the beginning would be like a comedic skit where it's like um i start off by it's basically i want to learn how to use i'm learning motion graphics so i wanted to incorporate some motion graphics into my next video um where it would be um like i'm sitting at like a coffee house but it's really in the apartment and it's obvious we're in the apartment because we're in quarantine and Kayla's on the other side of the, of the of the coffee house, and I notice her from across the room. And I'm texting my <laughs> friend like, "Yo, dude, like, she's back." And he's like, "Who?" And I'm like, "This girl." And I like out the coffee house I was like, "Dude, there's no coffee houses open. And it's like we're in quarantine." And then he's like, "Yeah, I know." He's like, "Who are you talking about?" I'm like, "Dude, she's your wife. Just go talk to her. What the hell are you like?" And then he's like, "Just leave me alone. I, I, I don't want to get into the whole thing." But like, I'm trying to be as comedic as possible in the beginning, and then that whole thing will go into like confidence and how to how to develop a confident like mindset and how confidence affects motivation and what's more important motivation or confidence, you know, like that whole thing, yeah. like that's important. That's a huge thing in my life. Like I'm very motivated. I have no problem with motivation, but sometimes confidence can screw that up and I'm sure that happens to everybody. So like, that's something that people can enjoy, but also a good laugh in the beginning, you know?
1: A hundred percent. I think that sometimes comedy delivers the best message because it's subtle Some people don't respond so well to something too intense because they think it's too intense. I find ironic, and I don't know if it's ironic, but I guess it is. Sometimes some of these comedians will share something that sounds strictly comedic, but the message behind it is so intense that people, they laugh from it, but then they go, wow, that's so true. Like um, Chris Rock does that a lot. There are a lot of comedians. Um, um, Louis C.K. all the time. He'll say the most hilarious shit, but it has such a deep message behind it. And I personally have really gotten things from it. I'm like, wow, he makes such a good point. And because it's not so intense and preachy, but it's very laid back, it it can sometimes cater to a lot more people because not everyone wants to be like shoved some kind of intense message. Of, you got to do it and you got to blah, 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 blah. It's like, you're a lazy asshole. And they're like, wow, I am a lazy asshole. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> and they just, like uh, Louis C.K. did a bit like a long time ago where he was talking about how people are so impatient with their phones. I love this one. You can find this one online. And people are like, oh, well, this isn't fast enough, is a slow phone. He's like, well, you, maybe you should wait a minute because it's got to go to space and, and back. And he was, <laughs> you know, and he was kind of explaining how like we have things so good and we we just complain about it and the 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 way he delivered the message first it cracked me up but then it kind of put me put things into perspective for me and I was like you know wow that's a good point this phone does practically everything i needed to do you know and he's like and he's like chillax dude and he goes into that a lot where he kind of makes fun of people nature society and he and he kind of just goes you guys are all nuts chill you know and huh yeah no and he just so that's why I'm saying to sometimes incorporating comedy can actually help deliver the message in a subtle way which then gives people that, that, that relation to it where they feel they can relate to it because you're being a lot more of a relaxed, funny guy as opposed to this person who is wearing a suit and just pointing your finger at them.
0: That's really interesting. I didn't think about it that way at all. Okay. Like, I was thinking, like, the sketch will be in the beginning, Seri- like, funny, like, you get a good laugh, pull them in, you know, the whole, like, setup, and then the serious video afterwards. But I guess, like, I mean, it also comes down to your personality. Like, if you're going to be conveying it in a serious way, it's going to be a serious video. But if I'm throwing in, like, I don't know, like, um, another video I'm writing is um, about, like, I'm trying to also figure out how to do this because it's, I had to figure out how to make it work Um, With what I'm doing, it's basically begin. It's filmmaking for dummies by a dummy. So like I'm the dummy, and I'm learning it, and I'm teaching it as I'm learning it. So like, because you only get like the best perspective on how to begin something is when you're beginning. You know, like it's kind of like I'm documenting my journey on how to learn how to be a filmmaker instead of I'm not going to learn from like this from filmmakers like Peter McKinnon, like all these different YouTubers who make like great videos. They're not explaining it on my level. like I'm not understanding what they're saying. They're so
1: good they can't explain it anymore. But
0: if I'm still in this mindset where like, okay, I'm kind of dumb
1: it down for myself, I could dumb it down for other people. I think that's actually terrific. I, I don't think enough people do that. I think in a, in a way in a way you're there are a lot of like YouTube tutorials to do things, but I do completely agree that a lot of the people giving these tutorials are so much more advanced than the people they're teaching. And they kind of forget that they need to baby it. They need to baby it to people because people really don't get it, and people get flustered by the level of expertise that the, these people giving the tutorials have, and they don't feel like they can relate to it. It works that way with business uh, mentors or these gurus, or relationship experts. Uh, they have such a level of of confidence and know how that the people listening kind of get flustered and early on, and they're like, oh, I don't need this guy. is, is too it's, it's too much. I need so I need to learn from the beginning and they're so scared to learn the basics they just kind of shut it out. So if you're documenting your whole journey from the beginning, it'll give people that sense of well, I can relate to this as guy cuz he he's showing me his his journey. He's he's showing me how he didn't just know how to do it from the get-go, he had to learn it. And people know that that you have to start from somewhere but they it's hard for them to to really grasp that concept. So like, yeah, dude, I think that's awesome. Like I'm honestly gonna look at it because I I'm also like I don't I don't have much experience with it. Neither do I. That's the whole idea. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: No. I mean, that's yeah. It's cool. I I thought of it like the other day, and then I actually heard someone talking about it, and then I was like, okay, you know, if that's like a thing for somebody, then like maybe I can make it. So I wrote like the script and everything, and I think like, it's like it's it's an informative. I'm trying to educate and give some over val some some value over, but like I threw in like like uh like I'm explaining the, the, how, how, what, what is like a, what is storytelling? That's like the basis of all the filmmaking, right? Like what is storytelling? So it's the, the setup, the conflict and the resolution It's the three part act, three act, three act structure. Um, so I wrote, I was just like, okay, what's an example of a three act structure? You wake up, you need to put on a pair of pants. You can't find your pants. You'll live your life without wearing pants. Like that's like the three act structure. So like, I don't know, i just kind of throw in like comedy, but also educate at the same time. I don't know. It's just something I'm trying to figure out. And also I have a lot of time to think about it because we're stuck in quarantine.
1: You should do a new, another video of you walking through the market. Through the market without pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Done. <laughs> 30 seconds. <laughs> it would work though, dude. I'd, I'd watch that. I'd watch that like, great, Yeah. I would enjoy that. See, if we were living in the same country, I would just—I would join you. We would just not wear pants together.
0: Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be so much fun. You wear—you wouldn't wear pants. I wouldn't wear a shirt, and we'd just be a fully clothed person.
1: Perfect. Would you be able? And you—you you can maybe like Photoshop us into the, just merge us into one person.
0: We can do that. We do that. One beard. Well, you have a better beard than me, so you can—you can have the beard. Oh, oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and if I remember properly, your calves are way better than mine. My calves? No, I don't have, i have skinny baby calves. What you told me I remember I remember on base I said once well, like Rafi your calves are amazing. You're like, Yeah I put a lot of work into them.
1: I don't think I have nice calves though. I don't know when I said that. I appreciate that.
0: Of course, yeah. I think it was like three in the morning, so like either way. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it could have been someone else's. Maybe. Maybe. <clears throat> we had a lot of we spent a lot of time together.
0: We did, yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of good times in the army. A lot of horrible times. But a lot of good yeah, times. Yeah, some
1: of the worst worst and, and, and best days of my life. It really were some incredible days. It's a weird time, dude. It's a weird time. I'm so used to... What did you say? I
0: haven't really been thinking about it that much, but recently I've been, like, thinking about... Um, I don't know, like, I've sometimes I've just been getting, like, flashbacks, which is weird. What you, What kind of flashbacks? Just, like, army. Just, like, I don't know, like, just every time we'd go to, like, a raid or any kind of, like, like a arrest or something, I would just get, like... I don't, know. I don't know. I'll just watch like, a TV show or something and it would just remind me of something. And then I'd just be like, ugh. And I get a little bit of a panic attack and then it goes away. Which is, I don't know, it's pretty crazy to think about. Sorry
1: to dampen the mood. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, it's an interesting conversation.
0: Yeah. Because there's no, like, I was talking to a, I don't know, a friend of mine also about it and he was saying, like, we are both agreeing that there's no, like, they initiate you into the army, but they don't initiate you out of the army at all. They try to. They tried you, but, like, they're willing to break you ten times more than they're willing to build you back up at the end.
1: Well, I guess they kind of hope that you've been broken and built up enough throughout the throughout the experience that you can kind of mentally and physically figure it out afterwards. Yeah, that's a hope. I don't know. I mean, some people don't, but I, the reality is we, ha- we don't have any major PTSD. I mean, for me personally, I... It was a culture shock when I went back to New York and I, I went back and did my last year of college. Sitting in a classroom was so strange. So strange. And I still had that mentality where I was kind of scanning everyone. And I sat in the classroom and I was kind of I was very antsy. It was hard for me to sit in the room. and I was just listening to a professor. I was tuning half of it out. It took me a few weeks to really get back into it. And I was just kind of like hoping I can put like all my gear back on and just run out of the class and something intense would happen. Like my mind, I was, I kept having that like kind of like, I was in like that, that risk mode. Is there going to, is something going to light on fire outside? Is a car going to r- r- drive into a ditch? I was like, yeah. You know, and, and she's like, Open your book to page 262. <laughs> I was like, uh, you know,
0: <laughs> like you have that like that that need for like adrenaline.
1: Yeah, it was insane. Yeah, it it was pent up and I had no way to get it out and it was so and I and I just I was waiting for class to be over. Truthfully, I was—I had that feeling a lot in college before the army, <laughs> but, but so much more so afterwards. And I was—I'm glad I only had a year left because I don't know how I would have done like another four years after. You know, most of the guys had to do that. I don't know how I would have done another four years. Because as much as we did have—we did have downtime. We did have downtime in the army. When we didn't, like when we had to do things, it was so intense. And going back to civilian life, you don't have that intensity
0: right no it's a completely different intensity hmm? it's a completely different intensity mm-hmm. it's never you don't really re- really you don't really reach that I feel I mean I went back for reserves and everything, but it was mostly training like you don't really reach that intensity
1: yeah it's a different kind of fight or flight it's not like a physical fight or flight anymore it's a mental fight or flight I mean it can happen, but for the most part it's deciding deciding whether you should have your coffee at 7 a.m. or 7.15. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying life isn't hard. Like, in certain respects, the army kind of covers your life where you don't have to worry about financial things. It's not like you're making a lot of money at all. But you're on base, you do what they say, you get it done, you go home, you go back to base, you do it all over again, things change, you have different experiences. In a sense, it's very dangerous. But you're you're kind of protected by them in a sense where when you get into regular life it's you versus you you know and there's a different kind of mind over matter experience so definitely think it prepared me for life in a sense but it's very very different
0: how do you do you feel that you use any of that mindset like now because this is like an uphill battle what you're doing right now
1: in, in what sense an uphill battle in what sense
0: uphill battle to to make it in content creating world you know like there's always like you were talking like it's a super saturated like industry like we were talking about before
1: i think everything is super saturated i think everything's super saturated i think with content creating there's a lot of stigma about it because especially with parents right i don't have that problem (laughs) it's funny because i don't have parents
0: (laughs) what did you say Neither do I. I live in a different country. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: true. Okay. That's true. Um, but I think with content creating, a lot of people don't see it as a job. They don't see it as something that can that can provide for a family. And, and to, many, to, to a large degree, they're right. So I don't think it's smart to just quit everything and do it unless you come from a family with money or you've saved up enough where you don't mind doing it for a little while. But... I think it's something that should should start and stay a hobby and something and a passion and if it if it creates financial value for you if you can actually make money from it terrific but it should never be your main goal you know so if it's something that you strongly believe in I think it's your duty to do it because it's it's something that you're going to potentially regret and okay if it doesn't go anywhere financially fine so be it but if it's strictly your goal to make money from it I don't think you should, you, if you don't become successful from it, you're going to be a lot more disappointed. And, and I think ironically, you're not going to become successful from it because that's your main goal. You know, and I kind of said that earlier on, but I'm just reiterating that because I think it's such a true point. But I, I was trying to make another point um, as to say where everything's saturated, so many people, you ha- they're, they're turned off by that and they go, okay, well, so many other people do it. How am I going to do well at it? Well, if you have that attitude, you're never going to do it. There are a million and one actors, a million and one real estate agents, a million and one, I mean, certain businesses and industries aren't as saturated as others, but there are only a few people in any given business industry hobby that make it because they're the people who stuck it out, you know, and and I, what were you saying?
0: No, I was just going to piggyback on what you said about sticking it out because that's really all it is. It's literally just a time game. If you stick if you literally just survive the test of time, which is really just a which I mean of course it's a lot of components like quality of your content quantity like we're talking about, but it really it really comes down to can you survive just just out outrun everybody else or outrun your your self doubt however you want to look at it I feel yeah that's an interesting point you made
1: well you also have to be willing to suck for a while you also have to be okay with not being in the spotlight for a while and you have to be open to the idea that you might just not be good at it like when people criticize you and say you know you're you're much you're going to do a lot better with the friends who are direct with you and say hey dude I'll be honest I don't think that was a great episode or I don't think you, you were, I don't think you're very funny or I don't think the, the quality of the content was good if they're coming from a good place and you know that they're not just shitting on you because they they don't feel good about themselves. You know, sometimes you. I feel like you, if you have relatively good intuition, you can tell if someone's just looking for the negative because there's always going to be negatives. You could have always made the content a bit better. You could have made the, the lighting could have been a bit better. The audio quality could have been better. There's always a could have been better, you know? But if it's good enough, I don't like to say good enough because that sounds like, it sounds lazy, but there's a truth to that. Meaning if the quality is good enough where people like it, Obviously, you should always want to improve, but there's no, that's a relative statement. You you, you can never achieve a level of perfection. You can be better than everyone else. You can be at the top of the list, but there may be always someone who comes along and does it better. So the best you can do is just strive for greatness, do your best, and hope that it works. But so many people are turned off and see somebody at such a higher level of expertise than they are, and they go, oh, I'll never get there. You might not. That's the reality. World, the world's a tough place. People are like, yeah, well, I'll just make a couple of episodes, and everyone's gonna like it. It's gonna be so good. It's like, no, no, asshole. <laughs> it's a tough world, man. Like, people are gonna comment on how sh- crappy your stuff is, and they're gonna call you an idiot, and they're gonna they're gonna tell you how funny you look. I mean, or people may end up loving you. No one will say a, a bad word. You just no, these things aren't known. You know what I mean? You just have to take a shot.
0: Right, but I mean. Y- Hmm. okay so i was having a conversation with somebody about unknown things like uncertainty everyone's freaking out like this whole like coronavirus of course it's really bad over a million cases now in the world but like people are dying but the uncertainty everyone's freaking out about it but i i look at it as like well i just realized recently it's like everything's uncertain in the world like nothing is a hundred percent gonna like there's no like safe job there's no like Nothing is like hundred percent in the world. So, like this is just another thing we're not used to, but it's also not hundred percent. So even more so with content creating, you know, I don't know.
1: Well, it's hundred percent true. Nothing's certain. That's why I don't. That's why, to be honest, I get people who don't take any risks. I understand the thought process because the thought process it's it's very taxing on the mind to do something that's scary to you, to do something that's out of your comfort zone it's a scary thing to do and for most of the po- the world population they're like okay i have a job i have a home i have food i'm just i'm i'm not interested in all this headache in 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 trying this new passion i have or going after this hobby it's too much work for me if it goes badly i'm going to hate myself for doing it but i think you'll hate yourself a lot more for not doing it and then maybe even seeing someone who did something very similar to what you had in mind and becoming very successful at it, that's probably the shittiest feeling you can possibly have. It sucks when you watch someone do something that is almost identical to what you wanted to do. You see that often with inventions or with investment ideas. Like someone, you see a company getting big and you're like, eh, I'm not going to bother. It could go bad. Someone else comes along the next day, invests a couple of thousand dollars, makes a killing from it, and you're like, oh, you got to grab opportunities. But then after that, okay, so you miss the opportunity. Go after the next one. There are going to be a million and one opportunities. Take them. You miss 10 of them. They're going to be 300 more. You know,
0: a lot of people see it as like, yeah, this is the one chance. And after that, right. it's like, yep, I got nothing else. Cause that was my one opportunity. Cause they wanted it to be their one opportunity. But like,
1: yeah, because for most people, they want instant gratification.
0: Right. And that's the exact opposite of what we're going to be experiencing for at least a few, uh, who knows how long?
1: Yeah, but it's like that with most things, man. Like, it's like that with most things that are worthwhile. You know, it's like that with anyone who has, uh, even if you're looking at a job, even anyone who has a good, well-paying job didn't just roll over out of bed and get it unless they had a family. Some people do. Honestly, Some life is unfair. Some people have amazing connections. Their parents have a lot of money. Their parents come from, their parents know a lot of people. They come from generational wealth. It's not always about wealth, but sometimes a kid will just—he was born, he or she was born into a family where that father or mother has a connection where they can start off making $150,000 a year. Meanwhile, another person in a, a home uh, isn't as fortunate as, as the other. The other person starts out with a $30,000 a year job. It sucks. It's unfair. You can either bitch about it or you can figure out a way, and you might never figure out that way. You might not. It is what it is. You might never get that job. But if you mope about it and you complain about it, you that's a guarantee, a surefire guarantee that you will never get that. So it's just a matter of giving yourself a shot. Because like nothing like you said. Nothing is guaranteed. But, I mean, I know I might die today. I might die tomorrow. It is what it is. So why in the world would I would I not do a said thing that, you know, it's just, I don't know. For me, it's like a no-brainer. It's like, what do you what do you have to lose from it? You know what I mean?
0: Right, you're 100 percent right.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, what would you lose? An opportunity. That's literally what it is. Like, all you'll you'll lose an opportunity, you'll gain guilt. That's literally like regret. Yeah. That's like, yeah. That's that's like what. One thing I always think about because I have a lot of people in my life who're like, yeah, just like this is stupid. Don't do video stuff. Like, or do video stuff like work for somebody else or or you have to get a degree which I'm getting anyway but like you do that's the one thing you need you need to get a job you need to do this and I don't know I always have this mindset like this one saying in my head that I, that I thought of I'm like I would rather work my ass off for myself than work my ass off for somebody else and when you're when you're working and let's say you want to get a really high paying job you have to work your ass off so I feel like I would rather put my energy into myself and into something that I find to be valuable and, and, and important to me than to go to some startup that somebody else thought of that was someone else's baby and put my all into that. Like, that's not worth it for me. That's, that's, that's like the worst of, of, of two evils, one would say, but, you know, I wouldn't look at my, at me building up my own thing as an evil. But yeah, that's like a mindset you have and no one else has it. It's like you're, it's just you because the majority of people don't want to take that risk.
1: Not at all. When you work for anybody, you're, you're, you're putting your heart and soul into their dream.
0: Yeah, I can't stand that.
1: Yeah, it's, it, people don't want to like accept that. That's really what it is though. Anything I don't, I, you know, when I do for a living, I don't, I, you know, I'm on paper self-employed, but I'm not working. It's not my company. So I am technically working towards building someone else's company. At the end of the day, I'm not working on salary. It's a very close friend of mine. It's an enjoyable job. It does well. I don't mind it. Is it the same as doing a podcast? No, because it doesn't allow me to be as creative and open as I am now. Now I'm free to do as I I please. So it's a different level of enjoyment. But at the same time, it's not as secure because I know that that's working Definitely have a lot to, to work on in that as well because I'm, I'm still relatively new to it. But I've already developed a certainty where I still have a lot, like I said, a lot of work to put in to become better at it. But it's already proven. I've already seen results from it. Whereas this, I haven't seen results from it yet. I'm still I'm noticing that I'm getting better at it, more confident with it. I'm, I'm excited to continue. I, I don't have any plan on, on quitting. But it's not as certain. The awesome part about it is if it does become a reality I will be beyond thrilled that I had the balls to actually start it.
0: Yeah, that's like that that like end result thought is like what keeps you going.
1: You have to always look at the bigger picture 100%. If you see like that that golden ticket or you see that trophy at the top of the mountain and you're all the way at the bottom but you see it visible because the reality is at the top of the mountain, there are tons of trophies up there. You know, and like yours is waiting. It might take forever. You might never get to the top of the mountain. And you might have to choose a different mountain, you know, because there are millions of mountains around you. And you're, you might, sometimes you have to know. I don't believe in quitting, but sometimes you have to know when to call it quits. Like I do believe that's true. Sometimes like you, you're just in the wrong thing. Meaning you might be relatively good at it, but there's something, there's another mountain that you can you can climb much faster or it's not even about climbing it faster, but you have, based on your skill set, that might be a better mountain to climb. But you're not going to know necessarily to choose that mountain if you haven't chosen to climb those other three, and maybe those other three haven't worked out to the best of your ability. It's very hard to decide that, though. It's very hard to realize whether you should, you know, like, no, I need to give that mountain more climbing, or I've climbed that mountain enough, and I noticed there might be a better mountain to, to climb. And you just... Life's short, sure, but at the same time, it's, it's also long as well, meaning it's a relative statement. It's all a matter of perception. So if I climb that mountain, do I continue or do I not? And that's – that's. The, if you start asking too many people you know whether you should continue climbing that mountain, it will it'll frustrate the shit out of you because you'll never really know. You have to make that decision, decision for yourself at the end of the day anyway. And people who, who just rely on someone else to make the decision for them – They'll never end up getting to that point. They'll never end up getting to the top of the mountain because they allowed someone else to make the decision for them. So it's ultimately up to you. There's no right or wrong answer. That's the that's the scary part about it. You never know whether it was the right whether it was right to quit on that and do something else, or if you should have stuck that out for another two years, three years, five years. Like you just you don't know. You have to trust your gut. You have to trust your your intuition. You have to trust your heart to, uh, as to whether you continue on a on a specific path or not. Because there's no there is no right answer
0: but do you think that if you were to set your own like like a artificial um goal meaning when i was personal training and i just i was thinking about like if i should thinking about if i should stop or not with with personal training and i kept like in my head i was like oh, i can't quit you know like i have to keep going and then and i went to move over to the video i don't know i feel like i set myself an artificial goal where i was like Um, if I get to this amount of clients or this amount of following or, or I get a full year in and I'll see how I go and how I like it. And then I was like, okay, I think that's like enough. So like, if you do all you can and you feel like you've done all you can and you still don't like it, then I think it's like, then my opinion, I think it's okay to like, to, to consider quitting because you're, you're just saving yourself from years of wasting time and energy and and money and I don't know. What do you think?
1: Right, but my question is: How do you make that conscious decision? Like, at what point do you know to call quits? Like, <clears throat> meaning, like I said before, you might quit and realize it was the best decision you made, or you might quit and realize it was the worst decision you made. There's no surefire way to know. I think I think the best way to know is, or the I don't know about the best way to know, but something that that people who end up doing well at any given thing is that they're conscious of what they're they're not doing right and what they need to start doing instead of making the exact same mistake over and over and over and over and over if you if you're consistent but you're not working smart you can spend 10 years doing something that you could have spent a year doing and you could have done well in a year but you spend 10 years doing the same damn thing over and over and over and you're frustrated because it isn't going anywhere, but you aren't realizing, or maybe you aren't taking other people's opinions into it. It is is—it is good to take other people's opinions into account. It's just a question of also taking the right opinions into account. And sometimes the closest people to you will give you the worst advice. Sometimes a person on the street might give you this eye-opening, mind-blowing advice where you're like, oh, oh my god. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know you should really wear a different shirt. You should really stand a certain way. And it could be the smallest piece of advice the, the, the advice do you think makes no difference whatsoever but it could make all the difference does that make sense
0: yeah it makes a lot of sense actually
1: yeah yeah I, I do think it's important to take other people's advice i think like with everything moderation is so important like i do think i think working extremely hard is vital too but it's also knowing when to to not overdo something also you know, because any I think anyone who's exceptionally good at something had to has to be to. And I'm I'm kind of repeating this. It's not the I'm not by far not the first person to say this. You have to be a bit crazy about any given thing you're doing. Like you have to be over the top. Anyone who's been either the best or close to the best at something was a little bit of a nut about what they or a lot of bit of a nut about what they were doing. They talk about it all day. It's all they think about. It's all you know. Whether you're a bodybuilder, fighter, athlete. They are obsessed, you know. So it, to a degree, you have to have an obsession for it. I think. So that's not moderation, at all. That's the opposite. <laughs> but when it comes to moderation, I think it's about, for instance, a good example. I think of moderation is knowing how to ask for advice, knowing how to ask for an outside perspective, like like asking a friend how they think you're you're doing, but then knowing how to tune out some people. Meaning, if you have your your, you might have. A parent who says that's a terrible idea you should quit right now it's not worth it you should just get a job stop with this whole video editing what do you think you are like it's 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 unrealistic it's far-fetched you're not gonna do well some people go you're right ma. it's it's not gonna work and then some people say okay well why does the person feel that way maybe ask the parent why do you why don't you think I'll do well and then you can get a better answer maybe the person will, will well I don't think you're gonna do well because you have so many other distractions I don't think you're gonna do well because you're not disciplined enough okay so they don't think I'm not going to do well per se, they just don't think I'm going to do well because of A, B, and C. So maybe if I if I can get better at A, B, and C, I'll be more fit to do well at that at that given thing. You get what I'm saying? As As opposed to just listening to not going to do well and then assuming, okay, well, my parent knows me better than anyone. They say I'm not going to do well. They know I'm not going to do well. That's it. I'm done. Versus actually listening to a deeper reasoning and saying, okay, well, maybe they have a point. Maybe in the past, I've always been saying I'm going to do things, and I keep failing at these things or not continuing to do them, so the that family member or that friend assumes I'm not going to do well at this as well. But if you prove them wrong, and you say, okay, well, you, you start to acknowledge that they have a point, an honest point, in the beginning, you're offended, oh, you think I'm a failure, blah, blah, blah. No, maybe they're making a very valid point. Maybe you constantly talk about the shit you're going to do, and you consist, you constantly quit at any given thing you do, people are naturally going to assume that you're going to do the same thing now. But if you start to today at this hour, stop with the stupidity or or the procrastination, or you talk something up to the degree where you think you're going to do it and you psych yourself up, but then you realize, Hey, I'm not, I'm not cut out for that. And you kind of just, you quit the whole thing altogether. So that's where I also believe that it's sometimes good to not talk so much about something you're planning and then just quietly do it on the sidelines. So when it does become a thing, everyone's like, holy shit, when did they do that? You know, or you you go from just working an everyday job and all of a sudden you send a friend some some video you made and it's fantastic and they're like, whoa, they never told me about this. And your friend might even be like, hey, why didn't you tell me? And you have that smirk on your face like I purposely didn't tell you, you know?
0: (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, I was also, you got me thinking. Um, you, right now, like, obviously, one of the biggest things with, like, starting out, like, content creating is gear. Like, everyone's all about the gear, right? Like, I, I'm i about the cameras, you're about the cameras and the audio. Do you think that investing in gear will eventually, will keep you on the, in your will keep you motivated because, oh, I invested in it, I can't not use it now? Or do you think it's a waste because you should see how it goes as you as you move on?
1: I don't, I, I don't think I can give you the right answer for that. I think it depends on the person, meaning if you're the kind of person that needs that, if you're very self-motivated, I don't think having the best equipment in the world is going to make a difference because you're already set on a mission and you're going to make it happen regardless, if you have that kind of mindset. But if you're somebody that doesn't, isn't so self-motivated and you need a push, it might be good to spend a nice amount of money on on great equipment because then you can say to yourself, well, damn, I I, I already bought all this stuff. I better do something with it. And it also might make you feel more professional. If you bought a bunch of crappy cameras and crappy equipment, you're maybe less inclined where you feel like, look at all these big podcasters. They have state-of-the-art stuff. I have crappy stuff. It Mike, it's the same way, it's the same idea uh, getting very dressed up to a job or an interview, you know, where you when you have either very nice clothing or very nice equipment, you'll put yourself into that professional state of being where you're like, I am that person, you know, so I think it's a matter of perspective, I don't think there's a right answer, I think it ma- you have to make that conscious decision for yourself as to what what will help you. And I think getting uh, an opinion from somebody could help, but I think it, it really is just, it's something that you have to answer for yourself. So I really can't, I don't think I can give you that answer. Like my equipment, for instance, is it's good equipment. My mics aren't that great. They're decent. but They're not amazing. I think it's more important. I think the content's a lot more important. I think as long as it sounds and looks good, you're okay. Will people judge you for not having the best equipment or the best video quality? Yeah. You're going to get naysayers no matter what you do. You're always going to get have haters who you're going to, I love saying haters, That's it's always like you're always gonna have haters, bro. There's gonna have people knocking you down. But what's most important is that you get back up on that horse <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to the haters. You're always gonna have you're always gonna have people doing that though. You can't like that's why a lot of people also don't continue doing something. Because they're always gonna oh you're just another one of those assholes making a podcast, you're just another one of those assholes making a video. Who do you think you are, dude? You're not gonna do anything, you're gonna suck. You're just another one of those stand-up comedians, but it's but then when they when your friend sees that you continue doing it and it worked out for you, they go, "Oh shit. Can I get involved? Can I be on your show? Can you can I be a partner?" They want to slide in and like not acknowledge all the work you put in and just hope that they can they can have a seat next to you. You know, and a lot of people are like that. It's sometimes the people who are closest to you will will pull things like that. They're not even being malicious. They're just they don't want to admit that they were the ones doubting you from the get go. They were quiet, sometimes quietly doubting you. They were supporting you on the on the on the outside, but on the inside, they were like hoping you would fail. I don't like to admit that because it's like you know, some people are like, "Oh, why do you have such a negative feeling about people?" It's just, I mean, because everyone has dreams, man. Like there isn't a single person on this planet that doesn't have a a thing that they wish they could do or a, a person they or, or be a person they wish they could be. It's just a matter of doing it or not doing it. I'm like, I think most people aren't. And I, I'm, like I said, it sounds like I'm, I feel like I'm preaching because I'm in, I'm not in the position to start preaching. I do think I have the ability to, I think I'm credible to make certain statements. I think I've come a long way, but at the same time, I'm a 26-year-old. I'm still very young and I have a ton to learn. But so does everyone, man. You know what I mean? Like to, if, I, if there's a 50-year-old listening to this and they go, well, what do you know, you little shit? It's like, okay, you're right to a certain degree. You're right. You're making a valid point. But I'm sure there are a lot of things that I know that you don't, and you're double my you're you're double my age. So age isn't always a thing. Sometimes some people are, are willing are open to learning new things and aren't as stubborn as other people. And they'll come a lot further, even at a younger age than a person much older than them, because they're willing to take criticism, they're willing to criticize themselves, they're willing to continuously make mistakes until they figured it out. So I don't think being young is, is a is not a good reason is it or is Meaning, I don't think if you're young, you should be afraid to go and do something or, or make certain statements or give certain advice because you're not old enough. You know, maturity often does come with age, but it isn't always the determining factor. So I don't think you should just shut yourself out because you're young and don't know enough, so to speak.
0: Right. It's funny you said age and, and, and how, like, yeah, it doesn't really matter how old you are, it matters how mature you are because it. As you get older, you become more and more set in your ways. So if you're young and you're just stubborn and don't want to listen to anybody, you're just going to become more and more stubborn and don't want to listen to anybody. So you're just digging yourself deeper into that hole.
1: Right, dude. It compounds like everything else. Like things compound. Technology compounds, understanding compounds, bad habits compound everything compounds. The more you do any given thing, the more you generally do any given thing. You know what I mean? And it doesn't always. It's ju- and the funny thing is, it's usually the bad traits that are easier to compound. Laziness compound meaning a good thing. It's harder to accomplish a good thing. Where meaning when I say a good thing, a good a thing that's good for you, it's much harder to to become good at a good thing, versus becoming good at a bad thing. Because usually those things are easy. Doing drugs, easy you find a dealer gives you drugs you do them you do them more and more and more there you go you you're lazy you continue to be lazy you get lazier and lazier and lazier you you know so this is really my example so i think that's that's the beauty of life though the beauty of life is that the good worthwhile things are hard to achieve and that makes them those good worthwhile things because they're rare they're not easy to, to, to they're not easy to get like, all the things I, we've been talking about in, like, the last hour and a half, they're not new concepts. They're things that, like, a million and a half people discuss. I'm just putting... I'm just adding my perspective to it.
0: As you should. As you have the right to.
1: Right, right. And there's so many things that people are going to repeat. Like, I've heard what I'm saying plenty of times. It's not like I got all these ideas from me. I think I've, I've realized them, but it's all a matter of internalizing it. You know, so many people hear these these uh, millionaires, these uh, entrepreneurs say these things, but they don't—they don't consider themselves—they don't apply these things to them to themselves because they're like, oh well, that guy's rich already, he's successful already. They 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 disconnect themselves from that person, but they don't give themselves the credit as to, okay, well that guy is there already. You might be, you might get there, you might not get there, but if you automatically put yourself in a box where you will never get there, you will, you sure as hell won't. Like I remember Will Smith had this had this. Uh, he quoted it i forgot who 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 said this what did he say who well, was it socrates or, or one of the, one of these one of his big peeps and he basically said if you let me try to remember i feel like most people listening to this are already like thinking about what i'm going to say cuz you know but it's if you people who say they do and people who say they they don't or people who say they will or people who say they won't are both usually right you know what I'm saying? It's more. It's it's like a self fulfilling uh, self fulfilling prophecy. I'm going to be that person. You're a hell of a lot more likely to be that person if you say if you tell yourself every day you're going to be that person versus not. If you can, I think it also works that way with happiness and like mental mental happiness. Like, uh, if you constantly wake up in the morning and say you're tell yourself you're happy even when you're having a shitty day and you're really genuinely not so happy today, but you well you know if you constantly uh, when someone asks how you're feeling, or oh, how's it going, man? What's going on? You say, oh, everything's good, everything's great. Things are always not going to be great. You're going to have aspects of your life that aren't awesome that you want to be that you want better. But it's all a matter of having a positive attitude. At the end of the day, you know these are all redundant things, though. These are things like everyone knows, but m- m- like a lot of people don't actually take into account. And I think I, I honestly think I have a good. I, I think I'm I'm at a good point in my life in that regard. I think I get that. Like, I think I understand that I have so much more than a lot of other people. And it's all a matter of how I, how I look at life. It's all a matter of, of attitude, you know? So it all ties into this. And I think it ties into the virus right now. We're like, I don't have a family. I don't have kids. I don't have a wife, you know? You know, I have a girlfriend now, and I, I care about her, and I want to make sure she's happy. Obviously, I, I mean, not obviously, but I do believe that you have to be, you have to be happy for you, and not expect happiness to come from another person. So some people are unhappy and they get into a relationship and they hope that that'll bring them happiness, which I think is skewed because I think if you're not happy from the get-go, I think another person can bring you more happiness. I think they can help you become a happier person, but I don't think you should search for happiness in someone else. I don't think that's ever gonna happen. I think if you you can't find your own happiness and can't appreciate what you have before you meet that other person, You'll never truly have that because what if that person leaves? What if you break up with them? What if you're just not with them anymore? That person now took all your happiness because you, you, you expected them to give it to you. Right? Does that make sense? So I think, right. So I think with, with, the, with the virus now, I don't want to take people's valid, you know, some people really have no money, they have families, they really are in bad situations. And I don't want to discredit that because it really is hard. Um, and I, and I, I'm not someone who's going to say, well, you got to do this and you got to do that. No, I genuinely feel for them. I'm not, I don't understand what they're going through and I'm sure it sucks. Um, some people really are having a terrible time right now and I, I wish them the best for me. I just don't have that. I, I really don't have much to complain about. I have enough money to hold me over for a while. Uh, I'm in a good place. I, I, I live in a nice, in a nice neighborhood. I have a nice apartment I have good friends, whether they're you know, my friends from New York or my friends in Florida, I have it good right now. So some people in my position might be complaining, but I don't see any good reason to do that. So now with the virus, there are certain things I can control. There are certain things I can't. So the things I can't control, I'm just relaxing and waiting till the whole thing blows over. Things I can't control are doing a podcast with you um, and many other things. So as much as the virus is difficult, I think it also gives us a lot to learn. You know, like I think it gives us a lot of perspective where we can now kind of sit back, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, and think about the things that we should start doing or shouldn't do. Like, what do you think? What What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, my thoughts are when you're talking about before how you you tell yourself like I am going to do this. You mentioned that before. Remember you mentioned that, but how you were saying how. You, if you tell yourself that, you're like, I will do it, then you will do it, right? So you don't give yourself another option. Like, you don't have an out. You have to do that. So I feel like, I don't know. I, I'm always, like, fig, trying to figure out, like, where's the balance with that? Because I do, I'm, I'm like, when it comes to college, I do want to go to to college to get a degree. But I'm only getting a degree so that I can have a fallback if I ever need to get a job somewhere. Basically, if I ever have that, like, if I have that option to 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 not be successful in whatever I want to do here, then like it's, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to be 100% in like, I'm going to be 99 or 98% in and 2%. I'm like, okay, if I ever need to, I'll just always fall back on a job, you know, like, so like you were not giving yourself an out, like how you were saying before you say, I'm going to do this and no other option. So like, that's kind of what I was getting from what you were saying. Um, And I don't know. I feel like I'm very excited about all this. I'm very excited to like start this thing. And I feel like you're very excited also to start it and to continue and push harder because that's your mindset also is to push. And you, I don't know. I don't know. What's your, what's your perspective on that? I'm giving yourself a, an out. Cause like one of my favorite quotes is from the director Werner Herzog. He's like a very famous director and it's, I'm going to misquote him, but he's, he said, um, never have a plan B because people with a plan B will invariably fall back on them because you're always going to be like, oh, plan, plan A didn't work. I guess I'll have a plan B. But if you don't have a plan B and you always only just have a plan A, it has to work. Otherwise, otherwise like either you, you win or you die trying. You know, like that's – those are the two outcomes.
1: I hear that. I hear that. But I also think it's easy to say that when you've already – meaning like here's the thing. I think a lot of people don't relate to these people because it's very easy to preach when you've already become successful you know, you become a successful content creator, you can now get on this podium and talk about how how you did that and how other people should follow suit. But sometimes people, they don't have the same brain as you do. They don't have the same motivation as you do. So they find it very hard to relate to you and they say, well, how do I not have a plan B? If I don't have a plan B and this doesn't work, I'm screwed. So I don't think having a plan B is a bad thing. I just think it's, it's, vital that you try your best to 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 succeed at plan A before you jump to plan B. I don't I I think it's good to have a fallback option. You know, I think having a degree is good. I don't know if I'll ever use my degree, but I think it's good to have it just in case. But I I think w- what I took from what from the quote that you that you made of this of of what's his name Werner Herzog? Yeah. Yeah. So, what I take from it is to try your absolute best at the at at the plan that You believe in first because the plan B is probably a plan that you don't really, you aren't very interested in, you know? So I think, you know, having a plan B where you have another job, especially if you have a family, I think having a plan B is is maybe, is not having a plan B could be dangerous because unless you're insanely driven, most people aren't insanely driven and you don't have that fallback option, you might find yourself in a very dangerous situation I could be wrong. I mean, I don't, I think I don't think it's a matter of right or wrong. I think it's a matter of perspective, but there are people that argue with me and be like, "No, you have to have one plan and stick to it and make it happen and you die trying." It sounds awesome. It doesn't sound wrong. I just I don't know if it if it's something that can work for everyone.
0: Right. No, I understand. That's what did I get. I wanted to your opinion on that. I found it a very interesting thought that I always I tend to have a lot when it comes to this stuff.
1: Well, I dude, at the end of the day, I think you should you should go all in as far as what you're doing it don't don't look at it as something that you're just gonna wake up and do here and there i don't think you are it seems like you're very serious about it um i know for me i can work harder at the podcast for sure you know i i i I sometimes analyze it and i go okay well am i putting enough emphasis into it am i putting am i putting enough effort into it definitely not there's a lot more work i can do but I'm taking a pace. Like, I'm, I'm taking my pace. Like, I, I've had different opinions. Like, I had a few people telling, giving me advice on what I should do. And part of my, like, stubborn personality and my pridefulness was like, who the hell are you to give me advice on? Like, what have you done that's so far-fetched? You just got a degree and a job and, like, you just, like who are you to preach to me, you know? and then I, but, but I wasn't upset about it. You know, because it depends on the person. I'm not, I'm also not going to ask advice from a person that I don't think cares to give it to me. If it, I'm not going to ask a friend to give me the advice, if they're just trying to tell me what to do, but they don't really care about my success. But if I'm asking a friend that I think genuinely wants to see me do well, uh, I'm much more open, like I said before, I'm much more open to their criticism. Um, what was I just, what was I, I was trying, I was about to make a point. I forgot the point though. Um... Uh, Totally forgot what oh, I was gonna God, say. Just... I mean, well, long story short, we were just—I was just going into a long, um, really, talking a lot about a lot of similar concepts. We were kind of going around in circles, I think, about really just having an idea and sticking to it, and not letting too much outside outside noise cloud your judgment. But there's also the the things. There's a lot of uncertainty. I think that's really the the meat and potatoes of the conversation is that there's always going to be self doubt. And you can't look at other people who've, who've made it and just assume that you're not going to get there. Isn't it, there's always uncertainty. Like, people go, oh, well, that person has all the answers. No one has all the answers. Like, no one has all the answers. You just have to get, trust in yourself, and that's it. And what happens, happens. And that's what kind of makes life, that's what kind of gives me that comfortability. Like, I don't know, is, I don't know if is that a word? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like, a, I've heard people use it. I don't think it's a word. But anyway, I um it gives me that reassurance and that comfort. Where I know that since things are uncertain, you just give it your give it your give it your best. You, if you go to a psychic and they tell you you're going to do amazing, you're going to do you know exceptionally well at something, they might be right. <laughs> but like, if you're going to trust someone else when they say you're going to do very well, you, you're kind of you kind of you kind of stupid. It, meaning you should. It's nice to have them hype you up. If someone you know very well is like, dude, I know you're going to kill it at video editing, I know it. You should take that as you should really take it internally and say, "Oh wow, that's awesome! Thank you, man," and allow it to build you up. But don't just don't be naive to the fact that well, Sam said it; it must be true. I'm going to do it. You have to believe it yourself, you know. And, And long story short, I mean, that's this is all I think we've discussed. So I'm looking forward to more of your videos. I, I cracked up at the one you just did with your, with, with Kayla, so I, I hope to see more. I'm hoping we can do another episode together in the future, maybe even one in person. And I'm down to do videos with you in person as well. So hopefully uh, when I when and if, you know, I'm definitely going to make a trip down to Israel, hopefully in the near future. Um, we'll hopefully do some stuff together. And, um, dude, thank you so much for joining me. This has been another episode of Soothing Semantics. Ez, thanks for, thanks for coming on to the show, man. It's been a, a great conversation. And I hope people got something new from what we talked about because a lot of a lot of things we talked about I think were were pretty obvious things or pretty you know very uh, talked about things. So that is it, man. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I really like it was really fun and it was really nice to just talk to you. Like I really miss we have some great conversations. So
1: yeah, for sure. It was this was a pretty serious conversation. So like you know in the future I'm sure we'll have a lot of like. You know, like, d- dumber, lighter conversation.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you gotta have those light-headed, like, dumb conversations, obviously. Yeah, we did so much of that in the Army, so,
1: yeah. Tune in, dudes. There's gonna be more. Dudes and dudettes, there's gonna be more. Tune in. It has been Real As Thanks so much for coming, dude. Until next time.
0: Thanks so much, bro. Peace, man.